0: All right, my boys, basketball. Yeah, it's you're you're you 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 couldn't really tell. Like you sound like you have a mic on right now, dude. My the last video was so funny, dude. I was dead when I heard that. Yeah, it, it sounded like I was a call in. <laughs> yeah, it was it was sweet. It gave us a different little. <laughs> it gave us a different little twist. It was like, oh, we got a sweet. caller from Albany, Oregon. <laughs> Shannon's coming <laughs> on, dude. But yeah, so I didn't really make a list. The tier. So we're gonna, Jonah, do you want to give the intro for what we're
1: gonna talk about today? Sure. So basically, we're sorting the NBA teams into tiers based off of what we've seen from the first month of the season, as well as kind of what we expect going forward. So we're going to take a look at some of the teams who have surpassed our expectations or disappointed us and also just kind of use it as a venue to just share whatever thoughts we may have about a team that we want to yes get sir. off our chest. So yes, sir. Yes sir. yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. Okay, Jonah, yes, sir. before we start,
0: I just Sounds want to ask fun. you um even though it's kind of an obvious question, but like do you think that Draymond getting injected actually played a difference or do you think that game would have played out the same way last night
1: for the Warriors? Oh, well, it's definitely made obviously it would make a difference cuz Draymond's just so important to what the Warriors do. Yeah. Whether that would have whether having Draymond would have um led the Warriors to beating New York, I think Probably not, but it definitely made a difference for sure. When
0: did he get ejected? Mm, It was was one minute left in the second quarter. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was yelling at Wiseman. Guy's like, get your shit out of here, son. But at least, but they didn't, they they actually, at the beginning of the second half, they told Draymond that he's not going to be fined and it's not going to, affect him at all, but he can't come back in the game since they threw him out. Like the ref apologized and stuff. Okay. That's weird. So how did RJ Barrett get 28? Uh it's called Was he attacking? They got to the line a lot. Lots of free throws too, right? Who was on who was guarding RJ? Was it Steph? There's no way. Dude, who was who was on RJ Barrett?
1: I would guess Ubre, right?
0: Yeah, I don't really remember. Well, but then who's guarding Randall? I, I thought before the game, Draymond, I was thinking that of oh, Draymond, yeah, and Kevon I was thinking Looney. that RJ Wiggins and um the Pascal dude or whatever, I Harry? thought they were gonna have big games, but yeah, I think I got Wiseman's score right, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, and did did you get freaking Steph's score right? No, too? I was, I was, he got over 30, didn't he? I, I said 25. Oh, okay. It was wild because he had 20 points in the first half and then it was... I know, I saw that I was like, yeah. And then it was kind of slow after that, but it's okay. But what's wrong with the... Is there like COVID problems with the Blazers? No, it's the Grizzlies. It's It's the Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Oh, that's trash. They've had four of their games um, postponed. Damn. Like, because I don't know what they're doing. They're just some dirty dogs, I guess. (laughs) That's trash. Dude, I'll take it, bro. CJ's healing. Let's go. Wait, what's wrong with CJ? Broke his foot. Oh, shit. That's awful for you guys. I, I want to look at this uh-huh. box score, dude. Yeah, RJ Barrett and Alfred Payton, if you squint your eyes, they look the exact same because they have the exact dude, same Alfred, haircut. He cut his hair? Yeah. I remember, wait, was he, did he have the floppy hair all, again when he was on the Magic? Or mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: funny. We're dope, dude. So, same with, like, like Lonnie Walker?
0: Lonnie yeah. Walker
1: looks weird now. Yeah. Oh yeah, he cut his hair too, didn't he? Yeah, but it was like a thing for him, actually.
0: I like when Jalen Brown has the little f- f- mohawk, like faux hawk kind of thing, Frohawk. Like, and I also do. <laughs> they were showing um, throwback Dame. I wish you'd bring his like mohawk back. That looks so sick. That's like vintage Damien Lillard. <laughs> they were showing a clip of D- uh, like Steph, Steph highlights, and Dame was in. I was like, that haircut's sickening.
1: So dope do you okay. have three
0: do you have three tiers, jonah?
1: no, i I didn't really have any sort of like applicable way of measuring tiers. like it's not like um it's not like all the teams fall into super distinct categories. What I basically did was just I took my rank of thirty nBA teams and then whenever there was like a very material difference between two of the teams, I just kind of sliced it into a tier right there. So, Basically how I ended up doing it is I have nine tiers and, um, all the teams in a tier are interchangeable. So really like if two teams are in the same tier, I wouldn't really have a problem with anybody like ranking them one ahead of the other or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's all just kind of eye of the beholder at that point. Right. Cool. Yeah. So not divided by conference, right? No, no. Who's your number one team in the league right now? So, shall we just get right into the... I actually had two teams in my top tier. Yeah, let's hear. The Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. And their Staples Center counterparts, the Los Angeles Clippers. You
0: don't have the yeah, Jazz? Oh, no. Okay. Nah, not in the same tiers then, bro. Yeah.
1: Jazz are a couple tiers down from this The one. LA teams are just... Yeah, dude, like, okay. Yeah, it's bad. Dude... dude. <laughs> And the Lakers have been having a dominant regular season because they've been sleepwalking through it at times. Mm -hmm. And what are they, 11 and 5 right now? Yeah. Uh, 11 and 4. No, 12 and 4. 12 and 4? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they've just, they haven't even been giving, like, they haven't been throwing their fastball yet because LeBron, he's averaging a career low in minutes. Anthony Davis, his minutes are down as well. So I am curious to see this team in the playoffs because before the season, I was pretty firmly opposed to the offseason they had. I thought their team was worse. And I did kind of note that the additions of Schroeder and Harrell, um, who have been off to a very good start this season, especially Harrell, I definitely thought those would be guys who did help them during the regular season. But it'll be interesting to see how, they fit into the rotation postseason because the Lakers really did start to click with some of their lineups towards like the later rounds of the NBA playoffs last year. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how they are able to mesh the success they had in last year's postseason with the success they've had in this regular season because they're two very different like philosophies and styles of play. So. It's just going to be interesting to see what Frank Vogel thinks the strength of this Lakers team are. Yeah, yeah for sure.
0: Every time I see Montrez Harrell, immediately just think of Jonah and his thoughts on like the Lakers signing <laughs> Montrez because he's been playing decent.
1: He's pretty good. Yeah, he's been playing obviously. well. I mean, yeah, it's basically been the Montrez Harrell experience so far. I still have very serious concerns about how he'll contribute in the playoffs, but yeah, me too.
0: Sure. I'm a I'm a believer in the Schroeder thing though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think great. that works well, and I think it'll keep working well. Yeah, for sure. I cannot believe the Warriors won that game, dude. I, was I so- wish I would have watched it. I wasn't watching it. I wish I would have watched. That- it's just crazy, bro. The regular season, dude. You can beat the Lakers and then lose to the Knicks. <laughs> and anything can happen. Hey, hey like the, the Knicks are freaking- playing a good marina of basketball. No, I know, but and like we like what they Cavs like Colin Sexton did to the <laughs> Nets, bro. 42 stop. Are you kidding it, me bro. I think he combines for four. almost a hundred. What's up? No, he's just a cold blooded killer, dude. Like you you seen like the 3v5 in his college days? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah or the video where he stares at the guys? Have you seen that? Yeah, when that guy's looking up at <laughs> him. That's when you know he was a bad man. Yeah, he's a beast. All right, so who's I in think- tier two? But we didn't talk about the Clips.
1: Oh, yeah, the Clips. So the Clippers, I've been a little bit worried about them just because their bench has been terrible. And they're still a bottom 10 defense in the NBA. And much of that has just been due to how bad Kennard and Lou Williams and Reggie Jackson have been on the floor, as well as Zubats. Zubats has not been having a very good season either. And they just have a lot of very limited players on their bench, a lot of one-way players with, very obvious gaps in their skill set but their starting lineup is still as good if not better than anyone in the nba like yeah i i said they had a bottom 10 defense Kawhi and paul george when they've been on the floor together their defense is in the 84th percentile like they have one of the better defenses in the league when their starters are on the floor and so i'm not too worried about them i do think especially
0: postseason like
1: yeah for sure I do think they should make a trade at the at the deadline for sure. For yeah. what? Uh, for probably a better two way guard. I would. I I've said this name a few times for the Clippers, but I think George Hill would help them a lot. Yeah. Wait, where is he right now? The Thunder. So you know the Thunder. Oh, that's right. Them to yeah. and so I yeah, think that's kind in. of a natural fit.
0: Do you do you have the Nets in your in an upper upper level tier too? Yeah.
1: So my next tier is kind of my two B or my one B title contenders, I would give like the Lakers and Clippers. They probably have about a fifth. I would say like a 50% chance of winning them of one of those two teams winning the title, maybe even more like a 60% chance. And this group probably has like a 30 to 35% chance. One of these teams of winning the title and that's the bucks and the nets. So does that mean after that it's, pretty slim pickings for everyone else to win
0: a championship.
1: Yep. Yeah. About a five or 10% shot divided amongst them. Dude. Damn. <laughs> I'm not a believer
0: in the Bucks. I don't. Didn't yeah. they lose the other day? I completely understand why they're there, why they're in the tier two, but I'm taking the nets over the bucks, baby.
1: Yeah. The bucks are an interesting team because I think the Lakers kind of exposed a lot of their flaws. I, yeah. you texted this to us last night, and teams are starting to kind of figure out Giannis, I feel. Yeah. Like, and that's that's very concerning because yeah. he doesn't have a whole lot of counters. He, no. he pretty much has drive as fast as he can to the hoop, yeah. take a euro step or a spin move. And if he's going one-on-one against someone or if he's in transition, that's great. Like, nobody has the athleticism or the height or strength to stay in front of Giannis. So that's just a completely dominating move. But, but if you can get in, set... Yeah, but when the defense is set and it's more of a half court scenario, and defenders can either load up to help and kind of dig at the ball because he's still a pretty um, mediocre at best passer. So when teams yeah. can kind of load up and stop him, or if some, or if a team has an elite one on one defender who can like recognize his moves and stay in front of him, like teams are figuring out how to stop Giannis and his mid range shot isn't still not very good. He is taking more three pointers just because defenses are begging him to take them but that's still not a very strong part of this game so he just doesn't have a lot of counters to the one move that he does have and teams are like really committing more than ever to just load up and stop that one move and so Giannis's production has been way down this year which is
0: yeah yeah and we we kind of talked about how like we he dominates the regular season because people just don't really like job stuff to stop him every night but we're kind of seeing that it's not it's kind of maybe like what teams saw in the playoffs from the heat and stuff kind of helped and kind of like gave people a different perspective of like what to do to stop him and so that we're just kind of seeing that change a little bit now where teams are stopping him Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and then on the other end of the floor like the bucks were the number one defense last year but this this is not your father's bucks defense like they're (laughs) They've taken a significant step back on that end as well. Like Drew Holiday, he might be a more versatile offensive player than Eric Bledsoe, but they've definitely missed his production on defense. I don't don't think DiVincenzo has been the amazing defender people kind of hoped he would be. He gets good steals and he's very active and he's a wonderful defensive rebounder for a guard, but just his one-on-one defense has kind of been lacking. We definitely saw that in that Brooklyn game. They had him on Harden for large swaths of that game, and Harden was able to beat him pretty easily. Granted, Harden's one of the stronger guards, in the NBA, and being in DiVincenzo is a more slimmer build. But, yeah, yeah I don't, I think they're going to miss blood. So and even like George Hill and Wesley Matthews, some of those stronger guys that they mm. had on the perimeter.
0: That's a good point. I think especially George Hill, Wesley Matthews yeah because drew holiday is a solid defender i mean you you would expect that he'd hold his own but when you lose the pieces around
1: it hurts and Um, especially against some of the teams they play um in the eastern conference like um boston drew holiday is like one of the number one guys i'd want to throw at kimball walker or miami tyler hero goran dragic um drew would be able to shut them down obviously with brooklyn um he would be a perfect guy to throw on Kyrie. So there are definitely matchups where holiday will um, be very much needed for them on the defense. Yeah. I don't think holiday, like I think that trade is looking pretty bad right now because they traded so much to get him. And the thought was that like Eric Bledsoe, he's a great defender, but his offensive limitations are just too much for this bucks team to kind of withstand in the playoffs. I don't think Drew Holiday's been some panacea for the Bucks on offense. Like, <laughs> I freaking um, love
0: your vocabulary thanks. and your expressions. It's yeah.
1: Cuz his usage <laughs> is still low. I think his usage is at or below 20%, so it's not like they've been um working super hard to incorporate him. Maybe that's a look they'll go to more in the playoffs, but if you brought him in to kind of solve the offense and be like the plan B, when teams stop Giannis, that has not been the case. Yeah. And before, yeah. Yeah, before we move on um, from the Bucks, just shout out to Chris Middleton because he is still having mm-hmm. an amazing season. <clears throat>
0: He's so freaking
1: good. It's crazy. Channon, do you want to talk about the Nets? Dude, the Nets are the freaking best team
0: in the East for one thing, bro. <laughs> I don't even... I just think that those three guys in the same team, it literally, like, that's top of the East, in my opinion. Like, um, because who, who's going to stop it, bro? I keep saying it over and over again. Who's going to stop those three guys? And, yeah, the Cavs beat them. Okay, whatever. It's a regular season game. You get into the playoffs, the mindset changes, bro. Guys are locked in. Guys want to win. And it looks like, it looked like Kyrie's already back, bro. He was balling. He had, like, 37 or something like that. Like, they're going to be able to produce, and there are concerns – um, defense is a concern, but I think we know KD can turn it up. I think they can all turn it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a yeah. scary basketball team. Yeah, bro. I'm trying to watch. <laughs> is there a game on like a thing today? Katie, say KD has an off night. Kyrie has an off night. James Harden drops 50. Like it's going to be Crazy. But yeah. honestly, Katie can do so much himself. And Katie's not going to really have that KD, many bad days, dude. So, I mean, just the other two guys on top of it, it's just going to be wild. It's going to be so much fun to watch. Katie is like, if not the best scorer in the league, he's up there, dude. Like, he's just like. Yeah, I feel like the league missed and, him a lot last year. Yeah, bro. He's seven feet and he's like, he behaves he like a guard. Like, it's just unfair. Yeah. His game's like Wiseman. Yeah, I'm guard never, skills for I, think, seven <laughs> I think CJ said it best when he said, "If, if KD misses, it's not because you stopped him; it's because he missed." Exactly. Like,
1: yeah, is he still second in the NBA in scoring per game right now?
0: And it feels I think it's like, like thirty six every night. Yeah,
1: I do think Channon um, brought up which team could stop them. I do think that there might be one team in the East that you might It'd be, be sinker, able, yeah. you might be able to say, um, "Has the fire hardest stop the Nets? And that's in my next year down. Cause I think their overall talent is not as good, but I think the Celtics might match up really, oh, really? well against Ooh. this Nets team. I love the that's Celtics because the Celtics, they play such smart defense under Brad Stevens. They have great yeah. rotations. They always play on a string great help defense and they may not have like the best one-on-one defenders like jason tatum he struggles to get by screens kimba walker teams can kind of exploit him in the pick and roll but the nets don't really run like a lot of complicated actions or at least they haven't yet that could be something that gets developed as like the season progresses but a lot of what they do is just pretty basic like NBA offense stuff. Like they might like set a pin down to get like Durant to look in the post or just something like that. But it's not a lot of like complicated, sophisticated sets that they've been running so far. And that makes sense because they're such a new team with a brand new coach and with the offensive talent they have, you really don't need to do anything too crazy. Just get like Kevin Durant, the ball and let's go. But um, back to the Celtics, like, marcus smart he's like the perfect guy to put on um harden you would think or jalen brown and then you can put the other one on Kyrie, and then tatum on kevin durant that might be a bit of a weak spot but at least tatum has kind of the length and the mobility to stick with durant um you can throw kimba onto joe harris and then tice on deandre jordan like just as a kind of base matchups Like, I think there aren't very many teams that match up um, as well as the Celtics do with the Nets, or you could even throw Tristan Thompson in there. and Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good matchup. Yeah, so that
1: that would be one I'm curious to see. I just, I still, I'm still not a huge believer in the Celtics, though, overall. Yeah, me either. Not yet, I want to be, honestly, but... Yeah, I think I predicted them to finish sixth in the east and they've definitely like outperformed my expectations they've been one of my biggest surprise teams so far how well their offense has played especially during the time when kimball walker was out and now kimball Walker's back and he's played two games so far And the first one against the knicks was a struggle and then he was able to get a little bit going in their loss to the uh 76ers on wednesday but they play again today don't they Mm -hmm. yeah against the sixers again yeah. Damn. That's lit.
0: <clears throat> when do the so Blazers? Where, when do the Blazers play next? Sunday. Sunday. All right.
1: Yeah. So I guess. Do you guys have any Bucks or Nets thoughts?
0: Um. Bucks lost a couple good teams though, right? Because they lost to the Lakers, and then who they lose to before every, that? The Nets. Yeah. So I mean, uh, everyone's losing games. Are there. It's just a, like a different season. Like people are losing games. That it's kind of like mm, I don't know. if. Yeah, would lose that in a normal situation? But um, in your next tier down, I'm hoping to see the appearance
1: <laughs> of the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, uh, you will not. My next <laughs> no. tier has four teams, and we've already talked about the Celtics, and I've also got the Jazz, Heat, and Mavericks.
0: Oh, come on,
1: bro. The Jazz are
0: fire. Aren't they one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league? Yeah, and yeah um, the jazz oh, yeah. are
1: the jazz are nice. I want to hear your maverick argument, okay well, can I okay, I'll start with the Mavericks. Um I think the Mavericks are gonna be the fourth seed in the west right now. I ah, okay I started off the season with them as the uh sixth, fifth, or sixth seed, and they've yeah. They've done really nothing to dissuade me of that. I know they've been off to a bit of a rocky start. I think they're at 500 right now, right? Seven and seven or something like that. But Luka Doncic, he's been turning it up recently. They've dealt with a lot of injuries and COVID absences like Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway Jr. They've been absent a lot recently. And so you've been seeing guys like Wes Awundu and Josh Green start a lot of games. And Chris Dobbs, he hasn't played most of the games. And in the few games that he's been back, like this past week, he's been on a severe minutes restriction. So we just haven't seen this Mavericks team at full strength yet. But a lot yeah. of this just comes down to like how bad the other teams in the West have been looking. Like The Nuggets have been a huge disappointment. The Trailblazers are dealing with a ton of injuries. And so I just think by process of elimination, the Mavericks are – the best team um, left standing and they have the best player of that group and Luka Doncic. And so, um, so yeah, I'm still a big Mavericks believer. I I do think I talked about this before the season started and this has been the case that their offense has taken a step back from last year. We kind of knew that was going to happen because they got rid of guys um, like Seth Curry who were and so important to um like their offense just provided all that spacing and stuff and mm-hmm. really gave Luca all the room in the world to work with. And when you throw in like a West who I've mentioned played a lot in Josh green, those guys won't factor into the rotation too much, but even like a James Johnson or a Josh Richardson, just a little bit less offensive firepower. And that's definitely going to help them in the playoffs when they actually have defenders to match up against the oppositions, all the offensive players, but I do think that's gonna make them less of a dominant regular season team. Yeah. So yeah, I guess just a brief thought about Chris stops, because he's started playing. Um, he's looked pretty good. Have you guys seen any Mavs games since Chris? No, Dops I haven't has been back. So yeah, the defense is still a work in progress. He's never really been a very good defender. And he's looked like more lethargic than ever kind of out there. They As soon as Kristaps came back, um, their defensive um, rating or their defensive rebounding rating just kind of plummeted. Like they started a lot, allowing a lot of offensive rebounds and Kristaps has never been an amazing rebounder, but his offense still looks pretty good. He's been shooting the ball well since he's been back. They've been giving him some um, touches in the post and I've never really been a big fan of them letting Kristaps go to work in the post, but he's actually been pretty efficient with that shot although super small sample size so I'll we'll have to kind of keep monitoring that but yeah I still am a fan of the Dallas Mavericks Roger Jonah
0: how do you think that um the Pacers match up against the Nets or like or like Toronto Oh,
1: I, yeah. I, I think I the know. Nets would probably blow the doors off of those two. Yeah. Teams. Really? Yeah. yeah. There's just yeah. way too much of a talent discrepancy. I think when you get into those teams, I mean like. Well, either, I feel like
0: there's talent discrepancy when you compare
1: them to most teams in the league. Oh yeah. Like even Boston, um, yeah. So yeah. Boston, Boston, at least like you're coming closer on the talent. And I think they match up really well just because they have a lot of like versatile perimeter defenders mm-hmm. who could, theoretically defend against like all three of the Brooklyn um, trio. And so I just think that's an intriguing matchup. I probably would still pick the Nets against the Celtics, but I think once you get past that, like even the heat, I am a was a big believer in the heat. I think they probably don't have enough to stick with the Nets, but um, Facts. I, I haven't been dis- disappointed by the heat this year, though. Their record is terrible. I think they're like five and eight right now are, um, maybe they've played they've i'm sure they've actually played more games than that um but they're substantially under six and 500 yeah six and seven yeah so they've been under 500 the entire year and um,
0: like you said they're kind of just chilling
1: yeah <laughs> i really haven't seen anything to like dissuade me of picking them in the playoffs because if anything like Goran Dragic he I was worried about him because he just was so amazing in the bubble and then he dealt with that injury that um torn muscle in his foot during the NBA Finals. so I thought maybe he wouldn't come back and be the same guy but no he's been having a wonderful season so far and it's mostly just been a matter of they haven't had Jimmy Butler um at 100% this season he's been really coasting and recently they've been playing without Tyler Hero. They've had a few games without Bam out of bio. I think they're missing Jay Crowder. Um, Mo Harkless, he's been a yeah. big disappointment for them. He hasn't played very well at all. And now he's kind of fallen out of the rotation. But um yeah, I, I still I still like the concept of this Heat team. The one guy who's really impressed me is Precious Achua, because um Definitely. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that he can step up and fill the role Jay Crowder had had last year. And um, really, I don't even think that Jay Crowder could fill the role that Jay Crowder played last year because <laughs> he, he was shooting way over his head in the playoffs. And sure, it's it sounds nice in theory to have a like 6'8 guy who's super strong and can defend the best wins in the NBA. And he also shoots 38% from three but I don't think Jay Crowder would be able to repeat that performance. He was playing the best basketball of the last three years of his career during the bubble. Yeah. And I was a little bit optimistic about Mo Harkless. I thought that was about as good as they could have possibly done to replace Crowder. That has not been the case. Achua is interesting though, because he, he I think he's a better defender than Crowder. He's already probably one of the best defenders in the NBA, which I know that's a, bold statement but he's so strong and he moves his feet so quickly and he's also such an explosive leaper that yeah he can really like aside from the quickest guards he can really like stick with anybody and get good contests but he's just so limited offensively and especially if you're playing bam out of and jimmy butler that's just not very much shooting to have on the floor
0: yeah
1: for sure for sure bro
0: you know who's gonna maybe make a run in the playoffs? Yeah, I have faith in the Warriors. No, I think the Spurs.
1: I mean, they're gonna have to get to the playoffs first. <laughs> I yeah.
0: like I I like the Spurs. Dejounte you know, Murray really... is like one of my favorite players to watch now. Yeah, yeah,
1: I like them a lot too. But um, <laughs> so I guess. Yeah, do you want to talk about the Jazz really quick or should we just move on to the next? Dude,
0: the Jazz are, like, maybe, like, the best put-together-looking team in the league. Like, they just seem to do everything right. And, like, they're, like, all on the same page. Like, they don't have, like, necessarily talent that jumps off the book, but
1: they just – they're all on the same page and clicking and – hard to beat, dude. Yeah, and it's, like – they have two elite ball handlers in Conley and Mitchell. Conley had kind of fallen off last year, but he's back and better than ever this season. Yeah. When you pair that with the best screener in the league in Rudy Gobert, you just get that those guys so much space to either go downhill or to take a pull-up three from beyond the arc. And when you open up that much space and teams are forced to rotate um, – you might think that that could kind of slow the offense down, but no, then you're leaving guys like Boyan Bogdanovich or Joe Ingles or George Niang or Jordan Clarkson. Just dude, Jordan Clarkson's open. been balling. Yeah. Wide open from three. And those guys are just absolutely cashing out this season. Like Jordan Clarkson, yeah. he's got to be a prime contender for six man. Of oh the yeah. Right now. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Just a very impressive start from this jazz team. I still don't know. Um, if I would take them in a playoff series against the Lakers or Clippers, but
0: I can't yet. Yeah. Just because I mean, like chemistry can carry you through a regular season and it does matter a lot, but like you got it. Like you,
1: they don't have the superstars to match up against PG Kawhi, Serge Ibaka or LeBron AD. You know what I mean? Like exactly. And really the only qualified, um, wing defender on that team is Royce O'Neal, who Royce O'Neal was awful in the playoffs last year. And he still has one of the lowest usage rate in the NBA. He's basically zero on offense. And so having him be like critical to whatever you're going to do in the playoffs is concerning. And aside from that, like Bogdanovich, Ingles, like Niang, none of those guys are really scaring like LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard. And so they just don't really have the high end defenders to, stop a team like that but yeah they've been an elite regular season team to be sure so my next tier are there any teams that you would you would have the Sixers in this tier wouldn't you
0: yeah I would I like them a lot right now I think yeah. um the additions they made in the off season were perfect uh, obviously Embiid's Embiid's playing his best basketball right now I think he has a good um MVP candidate this season yeah Embiid's um, amazing if he like obviously stays out of injuries and keeps playing at this level, I think there's a good chance he is in that conversation, but I like them a lot right now. I think they're, I think they're pretty serious. I put them, um, honestly, I might take them over the Celtics. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the Celtics swept them last year. And so
0: I know, I know, I know, but,
1: uh, uh, they were. They had, like, nobody playing, though, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, that's true. Not even Ben Simmons was in that series, yeah. let alone, like, Seth Curry and yeah. some of their newer additions. And game. I just...
0: Um, I just... I think they... I don't know how the Celtics could stop uh, Joel Embiid. I don't think... I don't think TT and Tice can bang with him. So
1: I mean, we saw... We saw the Celtics' strategy for stopping Embiid last year. And maybe... Maybe it's different with some of the uh, playmaking that or some of the shooting that the Sixers have, but really their strategy was just kind of like to let Embiid beat them. And they would let them and they would let Embiid get the ball and they would send the double team and force Embiid to pass. And he's not a great passer. That's true. And they didn't have a lot of shooting. So either he would take, more often than not he'd take a terrible contested mid-ranger and miss it or he would turn it over or he would pass it to a guy who just had no idea what to do with it and then maybe they I you know who I love on the Sixers this year is Tyrese Maxey he's Mm -hmm. been one of my favorite rookies to watch like he's been a revelation how crazy is it that he was sort of like the um like the breaking point for Philadelphia in the James Harden trade like they they I know have, right would have traded Ben Simmons and Matisse Theibel but Tyrese Maxey was yeah. the one guy who was untouchable and I can't even say that I disagree with that because Tyrese yeah. Maxey he's just been spectacular this year yeah. like, kind of the poise he has as a ball handler as a rookie is just unreal like he's so patient out of the pick and roll and he's you he uses like change of pace so effectively to kind of get by defenders and um He's so good at like using timing um, to and like using those like wrong foot finishes to kind of get the defender in the air early and then underneath them or around them. Like he just has such a mature way of playing for such a rookie. So yeah, he's been awesome. I still, I still think that um, I don't like him in the playoffs just because Joel Embiid, um, he's been amazing during the regular season, but he just has so many weaknesses that teams have exploited over and over again in the playoffs. And I don't really know. um, his His game will have had to evolve a lot in the time of one year for him to be.
0: No, yeah, that's definitely a very reasonable concern and argument. I just hope that, like, he's obviously responding in the regular season to what happened last year, and I hope that he, like, has a plan for the playoffs, but yeah, I definitely could see um, the argument against him.
1: And I imagine, Shannon, you're still taking the Nets to make oh, the finals, right?
0: Yes, not now, yet.
1: Your, your preseason prediction for the finals was Lakers over Nets, and that is still looking very good right now. Yeah. So my my preseason prediction was Lakers over Heat, and I I still – I. I think that the Heat. I think that the Heat have what it takes. I think there are a couple. Oh yeah, matches. I don't think that's.
0: Yeah, I don't I think I hope, that's out of possibility.
1: I hope the Heat can avoid the Nets because I think the Nets are the one yeah. team that they don't match up with well at all. But if they play the Bucks again, I, I'm taking the Heat. And yeah, I'm it. taking the Heat over the Bucks. Yeah, Celtics. That would be an interesting series. We saw that last year. That was one yeah. of the best series in the playoffs last yeah, year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That was a fun yes. one. So, um, I guess. You led off with the Sixers, and the Sixers were the top team in my next tier. And yeah, so- that's what I figured. Is this the fifth tier? This the is the tier? Uh, fourth tier. Fourth so, tier. Yeah. So, just as a recap so far, for me, first tier Lakers, Clippers, second tier Bucks, Nets, third tier Jazz, Celtics, Heat, Mavericks, fourth tier Philadelphia, Phoenix, Denver, and Indiana.
0: Actually, you know what? If I was going to swap at the Sixers, I might swap them out with the Mavericks instead of the Celtics.
1: Yeah. For, tier, for my
0: tier. Cool. Yeah. For my tier. But I could see either way.
1: Okay, so... Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say your next year? Yeah, it's Philadelphia, Phoenix, Denver, and Indiana. Okay, cool, cool, cool.
0: Damn, you rocking with
1: the Suns? Okay, okay. Yeah, I like I Indiana mean, a lot. This, yeah, I do too. The Suns, they've been... Um, an interesting team because Chris Paul and Devin Booker they've kind of have yet to find their rhythm, especially Devin Booker. Like, Chris Paul has just been kind of doing normal Chris Paul things, he's just been a little bit passive, hasn't been playing a lot of minutes. He's just kind of coasting through this regular season. I think, like, we kind of thought he would. He's definitely getting up there in age, he's on a like pseudo contract year, he's got a player option at the end of this year, so in theory, it would be a year where he wants to kind of stay healthy and have a good showing in the playoffs and maybe like decline his player option and sign like a long-term deal with Phoenix to have like security going into his late 30s. But um, not, I think that's kind of outside the scope of what we're talking about right now. But um, yeah, but Phoenix, they've just been off to a great start and it's really been their role players like Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. All those guys are kind of... happy. DeAndre has been really good. Yeah. Oh, and then campaign. He he looked awesome in the bubble, and he's kept that up this year, which I was not sure if that would be the case. I thought maybe yeah. the bubble was a fluke. I'd never really been a campaign believer, but no, he's been playing very well this season too.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And then um, Indiana. Yeah, in Indiana, just one last sun thought. Um, it's obviously way too early to think about stuff like this, but um in previous configurations of my playoff bracket most notably the original one at the beginning of the year where I I think I had the Clippers second and I had the Suns seventh I think Suns against Clippers how fun of a matchup would that be because yeah that'd be dope they've got so many elite wing defenders like Jay Crowder Mikhail Bridges even Cam Johnson's got a lot of size and strength Uh, yeah
0: and they're just a
1: a fiery playoff team. I mean, we exactly. saw how they played in the bubble last year. I think they can turn it up in the playoffs and the Clippers, whether it was their blown three, one lead against the nuggets, whether it was losing by 50 to Dallas or, um, surrendering <laughs> that atrocious, um, or having that atrocious loss where they let the, uh, warriors come back from down 20, like this Clippers team is very combustible. Like they, yeah. they can let go of the rope pretty easily. And, Chris so Paul, weird. he's Chris Paul has a way of like getting underneath people's skin. Like I definitely oh, feel facts, like bro. I feel like if there's a crack in the Clippers armor, like Chris Paul's not the guy who I'd be wanting to go against if I were. Yeah, there. he's that so,
0: same type of Draymond Green.
1: Yeah. And so I think Suns against Clippers. I don't know if I'd pick the Suns, but that would be I a fascinating series. And so I I'm,
0: I'm excited to see Booker in the playoffs. He's built okay. for the playoffs. His game is built for the playoffs. Yeah, such
1: a, an, an amazing isolation score. Like, yeah. yeah, I've been excited to see Booker in the playoffs for a long time. And this is going to be the year where we see it. The Suns are going to make the playoffs. I'm, Definitely, yeah. I'm pretty confident about that. I, sure. I would have – they might even contend for home court advantage. I don't know about that. But, yeah, should we Dude. talk about that?
0: Wait, really quick. Side note: Remember when I said the Timberwolves were gonna win like fifteen games or something like that? It's looking pretty good. It's looking good, baby. They're
1: <laughs> <laughs> the worst team in the NBA so far. They're never yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Guys. I, Cotton, you wanted to talk about the Pacers, right?
0: Sure, dude. But Karis Levert hurt. Yes. Um, On oh, no. no, he had a kidney thing. Yeah, Man. that's trash. Yeah, that's garbage. But I love Sabonis, love Brogdon, and then you got the Holiday Brothers. Mm -hmm. I like that team.
1: Who else? Miles Um, Turner. Oh, yeah, Miles Turner, duh. early Defensive Player of the Year candidate.
0: Yeah. Actually, you know what they kind of remind me of is sort of like a lower tier jazz of the East where they they kind of don't necessarily have an insane amount of talent, like superstar, but um, they got play really well together and they're on the same page. Oh dude, don't oh you know who I hate is TJ McConnell, bro. Oh. <laughs> I like McDermott too. Yeah. I deserve his I deserve his roster spot, dude.
1: They actually kind of remind me of this year's version of last year's Heat team because oh yeah, they sort of have like an interesting kind of unique team. big man that they run their offense through. So like for the Heat, that is bam out of bio. And then for the Pacers, it's Demonis Sabonis. And then mm-hmm. they've got a point guard who's like. A very good shooter from like a standstill doesn't do a ton off the dribble but can like has a good floater package and can like hit open shooters so like that's either Goran Dragic or Malcolm Brogdon both kind of similar players like T.J. Warren and Jimmy Butler um that's a good comparison yeah I I mean we have to see T.J. Warren first I'm really hoping he can um kind of build off his performance from the bubble last year. Um, But he's missed so much time due to injury recently that that may not be a certainty, but I I think this Pacers team is dangerous. I don't think, I don't think they're competing with the Bucks or the Nets. They don't have that kind of firepower and the, um, especially against the Bucks, like I really don't think they're going to be able to slow down Giannis. I mean, maybe Miles Turner can surprise me, but yeah, it's too it's I mean, too, it's too early to like start thinking too closely about those specific matches yeah. um yeah I, I just love this Pacers team as a regular season team I also think they're super well coached Nate Nate Bjorkren has really kind of brought the best out mm-hmm. of them because last year they shot um like the lowest amount of three-pointers in the league and they've got some very good shooters on this team like Doug McDermott, Brogdon, even Sabonis is letting them fly he's a solid shooter for like a center, but um, who else am I forgetting? Justin Holliday. Yeah. He's a talented shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think Nate Yorkin is kind of picking some of the low hanging fruit. And, oh, he coached a brilliant game against the Warriors as well. When the Pacers beat the Warriors and Nate Bjorken, um for those of you guys listening to the podcast, you don't know. He was, they hired him as an assistant coach out of Toronto and he was the guy who was credited with the idea to run a box and one against the Warriors in the 2019 NBA Finals. And so they went back to that when they played the Warriors a couple weeks ago, and Steph Curry got absolutely shut down, and the Pacers won that game. And so I think Nate Bjorkren, um, I think that's just another um, example of a team firing a coach who was doing good but not great in Nate McMillan. And then finding someone even better. Like you can definitely draw the parallels to Toronto. They fired Dwayne Casey after Dwayne Casey won the coach of the year and it led him to like several consecutive playoff berths. And it was a very controversial decision, but then they got Nick nurse who was the best coach in the league. And just a kind of a similar situation here in Indiana, like Nate McMillan's a good coach, but it looks like Nate Bjorkman might really be able to take Indiana to the next level. So hopefully that becomes true. Yeah, that game was stupid
0: because it was tight the whole entire game. And then the Pacers went on a run at the end and won. Yeah. Dumb. I honestly think the Warriors were winning that entire game almost. So stupid. That's a stinger.
1: Um, The Nuggets, they've been really disappointing this season. They shouldn't be, dude. They have so many good players. (laughs) Well, I mean, that might be the problem. They might not. They might not. But... Um, Nikola <laughs> Jokic, he has been having one of the best seasons in the NBA so far. Yeah, offensively, he's been phenomenal. And then Jamal Murray, he's been eh. Like maybe he'll get better. Um, I picked him as like a contender for the All Star game in our last podcast. I mean, now that I know John Morant's back and shit, I think I'd take a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander. I don't, I don't actually know how um how much i think jamal will make the all-star team he might be more of like a fringe guy but yeah he's definitely been disappointing for people who thought he'd be able to continue um what he did in the playoffs last year no that hasn't been true so far he's always been such an inconsistent guy it's a kind of famine with jamal murray and it's definitely been um he's definitely had a lot of those fam games he's still had a few good games i mean he's averaging 20 a night and so his the offense hasn't been terrible (laughs) But it's really been the other guys who have been the problem, like Gary Harris. He's been atrocious Shooting Will Barton, after he had a really solid regular season last year before getting injured, Will Barton's just given them nothing. Michael Porter Jr., he actually looked uh, outstanding in the first week or so of the season before missing almost a month because he could not stay out of the COVID protocol. And so I think Michael Porter Jr. is finally going to come back in the next couple of days. That should help them out a little bit. And then the bench, that's been a big thing as well. The Nuggets have always been a team who's had this great bench, whether it was like Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Monte Morris, Malik Beasley last year, and even Will Barton for um, several, um, for several um, weeks of the season. He was a the guy that, coming off the bench um or this season i mean sorry yeah this season when michael porter jr was healthy they had will barton coming off the bench but anyway the bench just has this has not been the uh nuggets bench we've known and loved from the past couple of years Facundo campazzo he's kind of struggled to get into he's kind of struggled to kind of find how his game applies in an nba setting he's been a bit of a disappointment Jamichael green has helped them some but has mostly struggled to shoot and hasn't really given a much on defense. Isaiah Hardenstein. He has been a hey, Eugene Oregon. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's been a marked downgrade from Mason Plumley. and then ball ball as much as some people um, wouldn't like him to succeed um, in the few games he's played. He has um, not been very good. And so um- <laughs> didn't Wiseman put him on a poster. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't as bad as the one Nurkic put yeah. him in the bubble. In the bubble. Yeah, it was bad. that was, it was bad. bad. But, um, yeah, I, I still um, struggle to see why people are so um, enchanted by Bulbul. I just think uh, – He's <laughs> so yeah, long. I'm not yeah. a fan. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do think – the. I mean, obviously the Nuggets, they're not going to be a 500-team all season. I would think – I would think they're probably going to – Imagine they missed the playoffs. (laughs) At some point, (laughs) I do think this run we've had over the last few years um, of the Nuggets getting home court advantage in the playoffs, that would seem to not... Yeah, dude, I don't know if I'm taking them over. Like They're not better
0: than the Jazz or Mavericks or... Suns.
1: Suns, yeah, dude. their, Their spot is kind of getting... Yeah, um, I think they're the health, a healthy trailblazer team. I would probably take them over the Nuggets, but yeah, who knows when we're going to see the healthy trailblazers. Do you guys have any last thoughts about those four teams before I move on to my next tier?
0: Get Bulbul in a Raptors uni, he will be perfect. Get him with Boucher and Siakam, (laughs) yeah, and OG that would be fire.
1: Have you guys seen the memes of Siakam just like spinning over and over again? (laughs) So funny, dude. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much copy and paste that for any young player. Um, <laughs> they're very. I you could put me in the Raptors' um, development system and i an MVP. <laughs> no so doubt, team. dude. Uh, Jonah, Logo, Willard, dude. I mean, so, um, so moving on. To speaking of the Raptors, my next tier is Toronto, Portland, Golden State, Memphis, and Atlanta. Hey, that's a
0: saucy lineup there. Those are some
1: good sleeper teams. <laughs> I'm telling you <laughs>
0: Toronto's nice. And
1: if if Portland was healthy they'd be in the tier up with Philadelphia, Phoenix, Denver, sure. and Indiana, but that um will not. They're
0: struggling, off dude. Off the What's the timeline on uh MacAllum's injury? Like 4 to 6 weeks, I think. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, I what? think
1: that's when he's going to get reevaluated. So Yeah, reevaluated in 4 weeks and then oh, and maybe um, I was um listening to uh I forget what it was called but it was this medical YouTube channel that like breaks down sports injuries. So that and, guy? Yeah, He's it was cool. And it was and he was doing the one about um CJ McCollum and since the NBA started tracking uni- or injuries since 2005, nobody's broken the bone that CJ McCollum broke. And, <laughs> wow. And it was a very um gruesome injury like i was pretty surprised when it was just a sprain because it looked awful he went he went in for a layup and he basically twisted his ankle and while his ankle was twisted clint capella's entire body weight landed on top of the foot and basically kind of compressed it from the top down and um yeah that sucks dude she's supposed to be an all-star bro yeah he he was having the best season of his career by far. Um, We talked about this on the all-star video last week, just um, there wasn't a guard in the West who had played better than him up to that point. And what's even more amazing is CJ McCollum went on to play on that broken foot for another quarter and was amazing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Even with Might a as well broken, just keep playing yeah, Even with a broken foot, what did he hit like two or three more three pointers after yeah, that? Yeah. You I mean, I thought it was a sprain at that point because yeah. he looked just fine. He was playing awesome even on the broken foot. But oh shit. Yeah. Um. Dude, oh. you know what didn't look bad though was Nurkic's injury. Yeah, I don't and, understand how he broke his hand on that. Yeah. So what actually happened was he's because he swiped at the ball in Brogdon's hand and he completely missed it. And then as his hand was going down, he slammed his wrist against the knee. Uh, of. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Apparently he like hit his wrist against like a really hard bone in the knee. And, and so it just kind of broke in that way. So weird, dude. That's such a yeah, freak. Just, kind of, just like McCollum's, just two freak accents. Like yeah. um, Nurkic, I would even be like loath to call him an injury prone guy just because really the only major injury he's had in the year in his career has just been, like a completely bad luck and this is another example of that just super unlucky as was McCollum's like um there, there's you can't really call McCollum injury prone because there's very few players in the NBA who wouldn't like break their foot from um having Capella land on it the way he landed yeah. on and so just a terrible streak of bad luck for this Blazers team and that those were back-to-back games right like you yeah. played Atlanta the first game after Indiana so just just a terrible stretch for Coral. I was
0: worried freaking Dame was going to go down the game the next game or something bro
1: like Oh yeah against the Spurs he kind of got um tossed under the basket and came up grabbing his shoulder but yeah. luckily he was okay and this Blazers team um like Channon was saying earlier in the podcast every team so far has just kind of had a few games where um, they've just looked awful and they kind of left you scratching their head. And so I think it's kind of important just to judge what teams look like at their best. And at their best, I think the Blazers are really everything we thought they could be. I mean, the game specifically against the Lakers, um, they looked very good in that game. Just having Derek Jones and Robert Covington, um, Derek Jones has been the really good one-on-one defender we hoped he could be in robert covington kind of takes an entire side of the floor out of play just because you can't dribble the ball close to him so the defense has been much improved even dude, though they're still one of the worst defenses in the league and if we was- had a healthy Nurkic and collins dude yeah the defense would be so good and maybe maybe we will at some point hopefully uh, I, I, there's still no timetable for zach's return collins
0: feels day. like he's dead dude he feels like he's dead
1: yeah <laughs> like when was the last time i even saw him dude yeah he has not been in attendance at the games anymore either um so yeah just a disappointing disappointing season so far for the blazers um damian lillard he's been off to not a bad start but just um i think me and chan both picked them to be top two in like the mvp votes chan might have even had of number one and he definitely hasn't had that season so far. Although with McCollum out, um, I don't think, I think he'll anybody, probably turn it up. Yeah, I don't think anybody would be surprised to see Game kind of turn it up. I was excited to see us play against the Grizzlies, though, because that's another team in this year. Like the Blazers, Grizzlies, Warriors, Pelicans, and Spurs. Those five teams should be kind of in that play-in-game bubble this entire yeah. season. And so um, yeah, let's talk about the Grizzlies. Cause John Morant come um came back on um what was it? It must have been on like Thursday or Friday. And he came back ready to go. And he came back ready to go, yeah. Um he's having a monster year. And um just some of the shot making, especially on layups, has just been incredible like that that one he hit over DeAndre Aiden, which was kind of that Nash layup where you don't touch the ball with the other hand, you just go straight from dribbling to laying it up with the same hand. And he lofted it over Deandre Aiden, like just high off the glass. Yeah. His touch from inside has just been ridiculous. He's really impressive. Yeah. He's definitely turning it up. And as soon as Jaron Jackson comes back, this Grizzlies offense is just going to be amazing. Um, They've been getting good production from their um, rookie players as well. Desmond Bain, he looks like he's going to be a pretty good shooter in the NBA and Xavier Tillman um, has been um, providing pretty good rim protection and rebounding from kind of that undersized center mold. He in theory um, might be able to stretch the floor a little bit at some point in his career. So Yeah. yeah, I, I think of the young teams in the Western conference, even maybe more than the Mavericks right now. I'm very optimistic about the future of this Grizzlies team.
0: Yeah, it's a surprise for me. I was a big doubter before the season that they look a lot better than I thought they would.
1: Yeah, I definitely was a bit of a doubter too. Like they were on the playoff bubble last season. I thought they might be taking a step back this year. I didn't me too. Think- I thought, I didn't think they would even be in the conversation for playoffs, really? Yeah, I I didn't think they'd be on that bubble either, but it looks like they will be. I think this Grizzlies team is here to stay. They're looking really good. And one of their biggest competitors for that eight seed is going to be the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Calvin, do you want to talk about um, why have the Warriors been such a big disappointment this year? (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're, We're a game above 500 though. You picked them to be the number one team. Um, yeah,
0: I only game. have I only have five more
1: buffers before they have to win out. And they can only lose five more games before and, they have to win out. And you picked them to be a championship team, and thus far they've they, been, they play championship basketball against the Spurs. Yeah, so they've been right around five hundred. Well, I
0: don't I don't know if you can call it championship basketball if it's against the Spurs. <laughs> hey, the Spurs are, dude. The Spurs aren't that bad. When you got pop on your side, anything's possible. So what's gone wrong? Pop this? looked like he's about to stroke out. <laughs> so, yeah. So what's the difference between where they are right now and 55 wins? Well, I'll tell you what the difference is. Nine and Night When they're not shooting the ball well, it's crappy. And when you lose your best defender, like against Julie, because Julius Randall, dude. He was just picking us apart. Like everybody was crashing on him. And then like he would just kick it out to open guys. But it was so funny. There's one point. Jonah do you remember this when Julius Randle he had the ball um down low and he tried to body up Draymond and Draymond was a brick wall <laughs> he yeah. did not move he did like three things where he tried to move Draymond
1: Draymond did not but yep that's net net for most players in the NBA that's just n- never gonna work and but so, Julius
0: Randle's massive
1: yeah um yeah. But yeah, dude. When- uh, yeah, no, no match for Draymond Green. One Warriors thought I kind of had while I was watching their game against the Lakers is you know who would look really good in a Warriors uniform and would solve a lot of what ails them. Clay Thompson, Tyrese Halliburton, who they could have picked second overall. And i I know at the Whoa. time, I know at the time, nobody was really talking about Halliburton for the second overall pick. I think I had him in our mock draft as the fourth overall pick and i think even i was a little bit higher than what the consensus was on him so um donna knew so like yeah hindsight is 2020 20, but tyrese halliburton he'd be so good on this warriors team because yeah, he, he is he's kind of like kent Bazemore, that sort of off-ball shark type player he'd get a lot of steals um and just having another guy who could run in transition but also an elite knockdown shooter like he's shoot he's shooting upwards of like 40 to 45% from beyond the arc, I think. And that's almost all on catch and shoot threes. Like he would fit so perfectly into this warrior's mold. And instead yeah. you have James Wiseman. Shut dude. up. Dude, um, do you not
0: like Wiseman or something?
1: Yeah. I've been, yeah, I we've talked, I've been very disappointed by what I've he's seen. So he, yeah. He's so bad. He's <laughs> the, terrible. He's the, the worst the, player ever. The physical tools are like still intriguing. Like
0: at the, okay. Like any player range is, is kind of flat sometimes. Okay, whatever. But like when they put oh, him yeah, in the dunker the mid, spot and they feed him, it's over. Okay, yeah. The mid range
1: gonna... was never really going to be a thing. That would have just been yeah. the icing on the cake. If he'd been able to shoot mid Rangers, what's been the most concerning is just um, how bad he is at rebounding, how bad his defensive instincts are and how he can barely like catch the basketball. Like even Draymond, 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 up, Jonah. <laughs> Draymond Green's mom. Did you guys see what Draymond Green's mom tweeted? Uh-huh. No, it was something to the effect of um, the coaches should just throw balls at this kid's face and tell I mean, the child teach him how to catch how to catch the basketball. And so, so mean. His mom tweeted that. Yeah, no, Draymond Green's mom. Oh yeah, that. yeah.
0: But Draymond Green is like the biggest influence on James White. Oh, that is that. so
1: funny, dude. That's so
0: mean, dude. I don't even oh, think- wait. So funny. I don't even think how, like, what do you mean? Like catching passes and stuff or lobs? Or rebounds
1: would be the biggest oh. thing.
0: <laughs> well, well but it's kind so of, many. it's kind of tough when you have guys like Bazemore and <laughs> Oh, it's not tough. It's not tough. And not uh, tough. that are, dude, they're ferocious when they go up and get boards. I'm telling it you. Does, no, it doesn't matter, dude. Yeah, Maybe huh? Ubre, but the they're other guys, Baysmore, you, named, you only named one guy over 6'5". Uh, uh, right? like no, that's what is, I'm saying. That I, I'm I'm not telling dude. They're, if, they're if tenacious getting boards, the smaller guy you're a seven
1: footer. Um, with an amazing wingspan and elite athleticism, and you were the second overall pick, and Damian Lee is preventing you from getting rebounds. Like,
0: dude, I'm just saying that's uh, just that's just how it be, though. No, Ner- Nerland's Noel went up for a ball, and baysmore snatched that shit oh, out of the air. No, dude. Oh, dude! I'm telling. Angel- no. That's just, but that's just how it is. That though. is tragic, bro. How many? Re- he had more rebounds last night, though. I think.
1: Well, it's, it's not see. even about total number of rebounds because he's he's. At the end of the day, he's going to get a ton of rebounds just because of playing center and being as tall as he is. It's just kind of his instincts um, for boxing out, his knowing what way the ball is going to come off the rim. I think that's an underrated part of rebounding. Is like some guys like that's why I like
0: Ines Cantor is really good.
1: Yeah, Ines Cantor. That's a good point, too. And even like Draymond Green, like some guys just Oh, and Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball's been a yeah. Year, you just so. yeah. You read where the ball comes off. Yeah, some guys reason. are just really good at reading where the ball's going to come off, and like James Wiseman, that's not been the case from yet. <laughs> so, um, Dude, I'm. To, but,
0: do you stop hating, Jonah. But what's your honest assessment of James Wiseman? Because it can't be that bad. Like, oh yeah, he's been a
1: disappointment to me. What? I think if he, if I were to redraft, uh, if jo- I were to redraft the NBA draft, I think I'd have Wiseman probably like five or six. Mm. Like I'd probably, I'd definitely take Lamelo over him. Obviously, I I had Lamelo over him to begin with. I'd still take Tyrell Terry over him, even though we haven't seen Tyrell Terry this season. I'm still intrigued. I'd definitely take Halliburton over him. I'd probably go with yeah, Anthony sure. Edwards over him as well, and then maybe yeah. Isaac was Isaac Did Kikora. you watch the Spurs game yes. though against the Warriors? No, I didn't. But he had a great game there. I saw I saw the box score, so yeah. he had a I good game. To- I might have to go back and watch the clips from Dude, that
0: you one. missed his best game because i told my dad I'm like jonah doesn't like wiseman and he's like are you really because like wiseman eight of 11 20 points he only had like six rebounds though yeah but who's guarding him bro nobody that's the thing eubanks you can't guard him no uh pertle
1: <laughs> yeah i i, I was in, not bad and i was interested to see um in that game i wanted to watch it and i don't know what got in the way i of me watching it i just didn't for some reason um they were really taking advantage of how um slow-footed and how little awareness in his canter kind of had and how um and how like limited he a, is as a defender and just mm-hmm. um giving Lamarcus all you can eat mid-rangers i was kind of curious to see yeah what bro oh my goodness bro. i was Steph? like literally just let me guard him yeah I was curious if Wiseman would be able to kind of slow down that play. And I guess apparently he did because Aldridge did not have a great game against the Warriors.
0: Did you see Steph when he drove, he faked out Aldridge and another guy? And then uh, who was it? And it was
1: uh, Vassell in the corner. Oh, I saw that. And then he laid it
0: up. That was crazy.
1: I missed that one. But yeah, that did. I'm just judging off that. like, obviously the final score and the Warriors pretty much led from start to finish in that game. So that was a pretty dominating performance from them. Um, yeah, and then the other two teams I have in this tier are the Raptors and the Hawks. Um, we don't need to talk about them. I think the Raptors suck. I'm gonna put that. I take the Hawks over the Raptors. Okay, I can't say that. Never mind, dude. The Raptors <laughs> are not bad. <laughs> no, Why I just don't hating? like them,
0: bro. Yeah, I, I won't take them over the Hawks, but Kyle, Fred, they're on the same level. Siakam and OG, dude. Siakam sucks. Boucher? He sucks. Stop he it. Sucks. No, he sucks. No, well, uh, I Siakam still sucks. no.
1: I still think the Hawks are going to be dangerous once they can get everybody healthy. Just Me too. going off of those two games, they played against Brooklyn about, um, two or three weeks ago, like oh. their offense is so dangerous and Trey mm-hmm. young. He's been having, um, a pretty bad year. He just has, the ball's got to go into the basket for him at some point, but it's the name of the game. Yeah. I think, I think this Hawks team is, I think we're going to hear from them again. Um, uh, I think yeah. they're five hundred right now. They're like seven and seven. And I mean, yeah, they'll probably hover around five hundred all year, but I think the offense is gonna pick up a ton.
0: Wait, don't have a question. Yeah. Um since they're already paying Ubre and like Clay's already do you think they'll trade Clay, or do you think that we'll just keep Ubre and have Clay too next year?
1: Next year? Oh well, I mean, Uber will probably like leave in free agency, right?
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: But what, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a little trash. bit early to tell. I mean, maybe, maybe Joe Lacob is fine spending even more money because theoretically next year is the year that the Warriors might want to go all in one last time. You've got Clay Thompson, you've got Draymond and Steph. Um, it will be the last year of Steph's contract too, if I'm not mistaken, but, um, it's crazy. Yeah. So we'll see what they decide to do. It's hard to imagine them re-signing Kelly Oubre, but maybe, maybe they will. So my next tier is Spurs Pelicans Hornets.
0: Spurs Pelicans Hornets.
1: I like the Spurs the best. Is that probably your top team?
0: I like all those teams actually.
1: I don't really mess with the Pelicans, honestly. You don't mess with the Pelicans? Or you do? No, (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) Yeah, me. Um, I think the Jazz, the Jazz played them twice this week, and the Jazz beat them by 10 plus both times. And they definitely exposed some pretty big weaknesses. Yeah, yeah, uh, there's just not. Not a whole lot of perimeter creation on this team, especially in the half court, like Lonzo and Eric Blood. So they're not really striking fear in the hearts of the defense. So Lonzo's Brian, low
0: key depressing, bro. Yeah. Like he's low key bad. And like it makes me feel bad for him because LaMelo's
1: way better than him. Oh, yeah. But we knew it's, this. It's depressing, bro. Yeah. And then Brandon Ingram, he can really only do so much to save him. Um, Zion is having a great statistical season so far, just because he's so efficient around the rim. He's got insane touch and he keeps finding ways to keep finding ways to either like get offensive rebounds or find holes in the defense and just make an impact just by knowing to be in the right space at the right time. But he's just, he's still not a super impactful player. You know what I mean? Cause uh-huh. even though he's got a like higher usage rate, he just doesn't have the ball in his hands very often. And no to me brandon ingram's way better than Lon or zion than lonzo <laughs> you don't say <laughs> i yeah if if not better he's at least like more important to their way they run their offense for sure yeah i, I,
0: I think i think brandon ingram would be more
1: like he could be more important to a winning team to me yeah probably maybe although um that's a good question. We might have to we might have to table that and actually do a little segment <laughs> on that in another part. That's an interesting question because I do I Zion his uh, his defense was like the main criticism of him last year, and I think he's actually taken measures to improve that at least this year. Like his effort is way better than last year. Um, last year, if um, he had to close down and sort of protect the rim or rotate over there. Um, There's just no way he'd ever go to the perimeter goes out a jump shot. And he's actually doing that from time to time this year. Um, So I just think his kind of give a crap meter about defense has gone all of it up and I think that kind of makes sense because Stan Van Gundy is a guy who definitely is going to hold them accountable for those sorts of things. Yeah. But um, yeah, the offense has not been good so far. Their defense has actually been better than I expected. Their offense has been much, much worse. Um, so, yeah. And then the Spurs, I am intrigued by them, especially when Derek White comes back. Yeah. Uh, um, the yeah, the Spurs, they're just, I don't know where they're really going from here because they've kind of been stuck in this kind of phase for the past couple of years ever since the Kawhi trade where they uh, have Aldridge and DeRozan. They have kind of these older guys on the team who are still playing pretty well.
0: Yeah, they're playing well, but like, what are you going to do with them?
1: Yeah, DeMar's the only
0: like 30 years old though. Nah, no, he's
1: older than that. Yeah, but right? that's, still like, that's still older than what they should be They're they should be the most focused on, like, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, maybe Jakob Hurdle. He's 31. Um, Keldon Johnson, just some of these younger guys, Devin Vassell now. Um, yeah. But they're still a good team this this season. Um, Derek- I wanted DeMar to end up on, like, the
0: Lakers or something like that because he's from LA. Yeah. I, assume- I want him to get a ring, bro. I feel bad because the whole quad thing yeah. is sad. It is what it is, man. It's all business at the end of the day. And then the last team
1: in this tier is the Hornets here. They've been my favorite team to watch this year, or at least one of them. They've been extremely entertaining. Lamella Ball has been as good as I expected him to be. He's probably shooting a little bit better. Maybe that could be kind of considered unsustainable. But then on kind of like on the flip side of that coin, like Devontae Graham, his shooting has is bound to improve at some point. He's been miserable.
0: Yeah, yeah he's been terrible.
1: Yeah. And then Gordon Hayward, I know I kind of hated on them for that signing in the offseason. And I still don't know if it was the right decision to kind of push their resources into like being as good as they can in the immediate future. But Gordon Hayward, he's been having an amazing season on the Hornets so far. So
0: He has. In the he wisdom. has.
1: He really has. And the most impressive thing is they've been doing all of this without like a real center. Like they have Bismack Biombo, but Cody's always missed pretty much the entire season so far. So it's really been a patchwork quilt of Bismack Biombo and then some small ball center lineups with either like a Jalen McDaniels or um, more often like PJ Washington. And so um, how they're keeping their defensive rating above like the bottom 10 is beyond me, but um yeah, the Hornets are definitely playing much better than I expected. And I, I think they might be a team who we see like competing for, if not a playoff spot in the playing game. And I think if they match up like against the Hawks and the eight seeds on the line, like I would not count the Hornets out of that matchup. And so it's an interesting team to keep an eye on. Well, I have a question.
0: Jonah. You know Reggie Bullock or whatever on the Knicks? Yeah. What's the thing on the back of his head? It looked like he had like a weird like piercing thing or maybe like a dread fell out. But I was so confused because it looked like there was like a cross thing behind his head and I was weird wondering if it was like a weird body piercing. Or not it wasn't a cross. I couldn't tell exactly because his like hair dangles and stuff, but it was like creeping me out. I'm like, what is that?
1: I don't I don't think you're allowed to have piercings on during the games, and so it's probably not that. Was it like a tattoo or like a birthmark? Maybe
0: I don't know. It looked like an external thing though. It was really it was really odd. Yeah, I've no idea.
1: Oh, could it have been like maybe he had a scar back there and those were like stitches or something?
0: Oh, could have been, yeah. I didn't think about did he get in it
1: did he get injured lately? Oh, I, I don't know about that. Um,
0: yeah. Is, that, is that... Wait, what, what, was, what other teams were in this um, category? It was the... Uh...
1: It was the Spurs, Pelicans, and Hornets. And then yeah. my next tier is the Cavaliers, Rockets, Kings.
0: The best tier of them all.
1: Oh, wait, no. There's one more after that, huh? Two more tiers after this.
0: Two more tiers. <laughs>
1: Cavaliers, Rockets, Kings. Yeah. We can um, start to go fast through some of these teams. These are the teams who will not be making the playoffs. Who's your favorite who's your favorite team in that tier? It's got to be the Cavaliers at this point. Really? I <laughs> think so. Um, because, who's your second? <laughs> oh, well, I, I have to see. I still don't know what to expect from the Rockets.
0: No, the Rockets suck. Go with the Kings, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Kings.
1: Didn't Victor have a good debut?
0: Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but
1: John Wall is finally starting to miss a few games with knee um, soreness. Which there
0: is it is.
1: <laughs> um, the Rockets, they made a trade um, just last night. They traded a second-round pick, top 50. Oh, yeah, that's right. For Kevin Porter Jr. Because you know had how a you, food fight in the locker room. Yeah, I don't it's know so how funny. you guys feel about this. Um, Who even is Kevin Porter Jr.? What happened? You had a food fight in the locker room,
0: and they were like, weird, was, we're trading
1: you a little bit concerned about this trade, not so much from a basketball standpoint, but Kevin Porter jr. Has obviously had a very troubled past couple of years and the Houston Rockets may not be the best environment. Like this Rockets team is not known for their off the court stability, whether it's John wall has been, um, very, um, prevalently kind of involved in at least, um, at least, uh, representing gang life he was seen like at a party over the summer yeah, with a variety of hard drugs i um, forgot
0: about when he would throw up gang signs and get fined or they had like banned that
1: yeah DeMar- demarcus cousins was in the news uh, about a year ago for threatening to kill a girlfriend um
0: yeah we know about we know about demarcus cousins too we
1: heard the drake line i might go Marcus Cousins out in public. Yeah, yeah. Daniel House, he's been um, noted for some of his <laughs> and What happened to the bubble? Kind
0: of, <laughs> what happened to House? What, what did he do?
1: Well, his name's Daniel House. Call for a reason, but um, you just you just have to question if this is really the best team for. A uh, really um, troubled young adult like Kevin Porter Jr. To that is like,
0: so true, dude. That's like, so maybe,
1: bad. Maybe you want, might want to like put that kid into a more stable environment, but <laughs> we'll see how it goes. This this might be baptism by fire, for him. <laughs> as, dude. As,
0: I forgot about John Wall and his gang activity, dude. That is so funny. Yeah.
1: So what well, should be um.
0: Dude, I've, they're building a culture in Houston. Yeah. We, damn. It's dude, like, Trav,
1: Trav bounced out of Houston, bro. Trav's a Brooklyn net now. Nice. That's smart. And this <laughs> this um, Rockets team is like the modern inca- um, incarnation. I was about to
0: Incarceration? say-
1: Incarceration? <laughs> <modern laughs> incarnation of the uh, jailblazer teams from like- it's facts. Early 2000s and so. Oh, um, wow. Incarceration? So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Um, that's a Freudian slip. <laughs> if I ever saw one. Nice. But, um, so yeah, so that's it for that tier. Uh, my next tier is um, Wizards, Bulls, Knicks. The Knicks have um, had a surprising record. I don't know if they're much better than I thought they would be. They're really benefiting some from, from some opponent shooting luck. They've still got yep. one of the worst net ratings in the league. Um, I'm not very optimistic about this team. Like right now, They've got a, I think, an above-average offense, and there's just no way that's going to hold for the rest of the season. They've just got too little spacing. Julius Randle, he's shooting way better than you would expect. R.J. Barrett, likewise. And R.J. Barrett, he's not really been shooting the three ball particularly well in the way Randle has, but some of his mid-range stuff is probably less sustainable. And so I do think this Knicks team is prime – for a big regression. I don't know when exactly that will take place, but um, they will not be uh, maintaining this 500 record for much longer. And so one bright spot for them has been Emmanuel Quickly. I'm a big fan of what I've seen from Quickly so far. Um, his Some of his floaters and stuff that he hits are like two steps outside of the free throw line and just some amazing touch and some amazing skill on those shots. And so quickly he's got a game that I really like. He's a pretty good shooter too. He hasn't done a whole lot with the ball on his hands with the starters on the floor. So it's kind of hard to get a read on what some of his passing and what some of his other point guard skills are like at this point, but at the very minimum, he looks like a guy who will maybe be able to score a bit uh, as a backup. Like I think he kind of, he kind of reminds me of what Kobe white is a little bit so far, which is uh, for a guy who was drafted in the late twenties and what was supposed to be a subpar draft. I mean, got to be happy with that. I think the Knicks found a keeper with quickly. Their other rookie will be top and he hasn't played much. He's missed most of the season so far, but he's um, shown some decent athleticism. And you game. see his monster slam yesterday. Yeah. Yep. He oh definitely, baby. He definitely can dunk the basketball. Uh, can you do anything else is going to be the question. Like, the shooting, people thought he might be a good shooter. We're gonna to have to see if that um, turns out to be true. Um, and the defense, his defense thus far, small sample has been about as bad as we expected. Yeah, I'm happy that Warriors. And then the Wizards. Some people thought the Wizards might be competing for the eight seed this year. I don't think anybody on this podcast thought that. I hope not. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure nobody on this. Nobody was fooled on this show, no. um, and they've been pretty bad. They're the other team in this tier. Bradley yeah, Beal sucks. Yeah, Bradley Beal has been amazing, as good as he was last year. He's the leading scorer in the NBA right now, and yeah. so um, he's just shooting the lights out of the ball mid range. He's only thirty seven percent from three, so it's not like he's doing bad. anything that's like too crazily unsustainable. He's just an elite scorer, and hopefully we they get to see the... him on another team this year, like <laughs> Miami. Him. Oh yeah, Miami would be Miami would be cool. Um, Philadelphia would be a fun fit as well. Um, oh, damn, that would be yeah. <laughs> So Yeah, that does it for that tier. Um, wrapping it up with the worst four teams in the NBA. Um Chan, There's four left. Yeah, Channon, you um, talked about this team earlier—the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, they suck. The Oklahoma City Thunder, who are still. Um, it's, it's not really their fault. Some respectability, but you imagine the gravity of the season is going to pull them down at some yeah. point. The it's World- not really
0: their fault. I don't really blame the players. Like they just.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just the thunder don't even want to win this year. They're yeah, all yeah. tanking. Um, the Orlando magic who are just sort of the walking wounded right now. And the Detroit- dude, I felt so bad for what's his butt and getting injured sucks. Yeah. He was balling. Yeah, so nope. the Timberwolves, Cats missed a ton of time, so. and so I do think that the Timberwolves are pretty clearly the best team out of these four, right? Of who, dude? I'm taking uh, the Magic over the Timberwolves. Oh, you are really? Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting because <laughs> they're they're kind of a I don't know they're kind of they're the Magic all, even have. So thank you. That's a good question. That's probably a good place to start out. They've got Cole Anthony. Oh, Cole Anthony. You're the ridiculous. No, B- ridiculous. B- is nice, bro. And is, is nice. Busevich too, his credit is credited as having an amazing season. They've still got Aaron Gordon, who has had doubts with injury. They've, I think, Evan Fournier. He might be coming back from injury soon. So maybe that'll put an end to Dwayne Bacon's stint as the Magic's starting shooting guard, Mister um, Bacon. Michael Carter Williams, he I think he will be coming back soon. And in um other news, Al Camino Aminu just had his first practice with the Orlando Magic the other day. So may, maybe Aminu's um um year long absence will be coming to an end soon. That would be nice to see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm taking them over the timberwolves, bro.
0: What's the magic's record?
1: Uh, I think they they still have a winning record. Oh, no, never mind. They don't. They're 7-8. and They were off to a tear to start out Mm -hmm. the season. They had a really great start. And then they just – everybody on their team got injured. Fultz got injured. Fournier got injured.
0: Fultz, that's his name.
1: Yeah. And then Michael Carter-Williams got injured. And the wheels just kind of started to fall off. Aaron Gordon even missed some time. and Oh, and Jonathan Isaac would be the other one. Obviously, he got injured in the bubble. But he's probably – their best player and has just not seen the court once this season i would take the timberwolves over him i mean when carl anthony towns comes back you've still got Malik beasley d'angelo russell i i i think their offense can at least be like hovering around um top 20 their defense is still gonna suck the the magic they just don't have anything that they're good at (laughs) with um they don't really I, i think the magic They're going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA from here on out. The reason the Timberwolves are in this tier, like I actually think the Timberwolves are better than these other three teams, but like Shannon was saying, the Timberwolves have been off to the worst start in the NBA so far this season. And so the Timberwolves are going to have to kind of catch up to these teams, whereas the other three teams are going to be kind of falling down to the Timberwolves. And I think they're going to meet somewhere in the middle. But if I had to pick one team to kind of bounce up and join the Wizards, Bulls and Knicks, it would be Minnesota because they still have all the pieces in place of a team that they expected, not us, but they expected would be a competitive team this year. And so, um, so maybe, maybe they will delude themselves into thinking once cat comes back, they can kind of put together a run and find themselves in contention for the playing game. Spoiler alert, that will not turn out well for them, but maybe that's kind of what their are thought will be <laughs> for the rest of the season, which, um, and with the Thunder Magic and Pistons, you imagine they will probably commit to the tank at this point. Um, this is going to be a pretty good draft, especially a top heavy draft. Like teams will want to try to go after like the Cade Cunninghams um, of the world. I haven't really researched the draft too much, but I know there are a lot of guys teams are excited about in the top five. And so. Um, yeah. I think the gravity of this season will just kind of pull some of those weaker teams down, but I do think the Timberwolves will be more committed to maybe having some semblance of a competitive product on the floor, especially especially as they're trying to sell the team, which is another big thing. I think they'll want to show that they actually have some promising talent on the team that will probably help Glenn Taylor um, find a buyer for his squad, which he's been trying to sell for about the past couple of years now. So yeah, that kind of wraps up all my thoughts on the NBA right now.
0: Want to so, give pick, you want to give your uh, prediction for Blazers game on
1: Sunday? Oh, I haven't even looked who are playing yet. I think
0: we play the Knicks. Playing the oh, Knicks.
1: The Knicks? Yeah, I think the Blazers still beat the Knicks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the Warriors are gonna beat the Jazz. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: Maybe. Who knows? Oh, well, Wise Wiseman against Gobert. That, that'll be an interesting matchup. Um, oh my.
0: Dude, you're ferocious, Jonah. <laughs> oh no, dude. dude. Jonah. Oh man. If Jonah was an NBA scout, imagine. Just like a highly touted prospect be like, fuck this guy, dude.
1: <laughs> no, well, I would I'd be a bad scout, because remember when I said James Wiseman was gonna be one of the best players in the game? <laughs> <day? laughs> Oh my god. Which I mean okay.
0: he's, he's such a good guy. Why are you just hating
1: on him? I'm not, this I'm, not sucks. I'm not writing him off so far. This is cuz I still think he's going to be a fine player. This is all just based off me being disappointed from what I've seen in like the first month of his rookie season. So there is still plenty of time for him to have Don't
0: try him. to recover what you've said you can't take back, Jonah.
1: Well, nor do I want to. I'll like, say uh, I'll stay strong, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that maybe. So we've like, got a
0: bust from Shannon maybe. and we've got a maybe bust from Jonah.
1: No, not a maybe bust, just a slow start so far. So Do we have a strong a bust bus.
0: from Shannon? Chill with that language, bro. Never mind. Uh, <laughs>
1: If there was one player who, gonna I, s-
0: Jan with the strong bust,
1: <laughs> just just for fun, if I had to pick one player who I think has been a bust so far, and this player's gotten injured, so it's <laughs> kind of unfair. But before the injury, he was awful. Killian Hayes of the Pistons. Yeah. He, he's been a major disappointment. And then yeah. I'd say the biggest like pleasant surprise of the draft, maybe besides quickly, has been a uh, Peyton Pritchard for Boston. Pritchard's been awesome.
0: Dude, he gets a spot just because of his handles video on Instagram.
1: Oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: That was dope. How's, um, uh, what's your your boy from Stanford, Tyrell Terry, doing?
1: Yeah, he is, hasn't played whatsoever. Really? Only in, like, very limited garbage time. I thought he was
0: there. supposed to replace Seth Curry's roles.
1: Yeah, apparently that has not come to bear thus far. But I... I I still like what um Tyrell Terry has. I still I'm still very optimistic about
0: Tyrell Terry is gonna be playing in the European League like somewhere and Jonah's gonna be like, I love his game.
1: <laughs> very possible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that it? How many we got through all how many tiers were there? Eight? Nine. 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 Sick. Cool. You should send me the order. Okay. All right, cool. All right. Bye, guys. Later. Conor McGregor fights tomorrow. Let's go. Oh, also, wait. I wanted to say this really fast before we go. Hank Aaron, absolute legend, died today. So sad. RIP. Yes, for sure. But all right. Bye, Shannon. Later.